One of the great things about AMI in general is there's so many ways you can uh, get a hold of us. And one of those ways is by voicemail, 1-866-509-4545. That's our phone number. If you do choose that route and you want your message played on the air, do let us know so that we know whether we can or we can't. And if you don't want us to, that's cool. We won't. And we will still answer your questions. If you want to go the email route, it's feedback at ami.ca. On Twitter, it is at AMI Audio. I'm Brock Richardson alongside Danielle McLaughlin. Brock, it's time for us to talk audio entertainment and tech with our friend Michael Fair. Hi, I'm Mike Fair. iPhones, iPods, and iPads are everywhere, and they're doing great things for the blind. We explore all that, plus audio entertainment, dramas, podcasts, internet radio, and games. We share it all on Kelly and Company. Halloween might be behind us, but you might still want to scratch that itch for horror. This week, Michael Fair will tell us about a company and community of authors creating completely accessible and complex story-driven games, which put you in charge. Hello, Michael. How are you? Doing pretty good. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you're you're getting your rakes out and uh, doing battle against leaves. So, oh, yeah. yes. And, and neighbors. <laughs> we, we live in an apartment, so we're, we're above it all, literally. Oh. <laughs> So you guys are safe from, yes. from the attack of the mad leaves. That's good. Yes. Well, raking duties for us. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so, Mike, what's the basic idea behind the Choice of Games company? I want to hear what so, it is and what they're doing. Yeah, so they've been around since 2011. Uh, you know, that was, I guess, three or four years after the first iPhones came out. And... Uh, they basically are all about creating games that the, the, the goal is to, to make all the choices meaningful. That's at the core of what they do, meaningful choices. And it, they really champion text-based entertainment. Uh, they basically think that nothing as good as what you're going to imagine. You know, that's, that's basically, you see that everywhere in their stuff. Nothing can, no sound and imagery can beat the unstoppable power of your imagination. So that's, uh, you know, they've been a champion of, of, of these uh, interactive fiction games and uh, they build, uh, they basically allow you to do stories. Uh, authors can write these stories and it's a combination of choice and chance. And uh, the, the, the combination of that is really powerful and gets get to some really neat stuff in terms of games. That sounds wonderful. You know, what you've just said reminds me of an interview I once heard with a little boy who had gone to see a movie um, that had come from his favorite book. And somebody said to him, well, what did you like better, the book or the movie? And he said, I like the book, which was not an illustrated book. He said, I like the book because the pictures were better. And he meant yeah. inside his mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so is, true. Yeah, the, this is this Books is are really always it. better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Mike, what makes this style of game so accessible for blind players specifically? Well, there are a number of factors. Everything is in words and described in words. So there's no, there's not a bit of it is inaccessible. You know, there might be an odd picture, but they're just not important to gameplay, really. So that is, uh, you know, the, the big thing is, is that. And then the controls are all standard form controls, like the kind you use on web pages, checkboxes, radio buttons. You know, everything's very accessible and easy to use. 
and there's no time pressure. The, you know, these games wait for you to make the next choice. So you're never rushed into something. You're never panicked into something. Now they do have things where that you you can't do everything, uh, and every time you make a choice, you eliminate a chance to make another choice, right? So there is that kind of thing, uh, but the act, there's no actual time pressure. So uh, those two things really make these games fantastic for blind people and, and for beginners, especially when you're just getting used to controlling your device. Uh, it, it's very easy to get into these games. Actually, it sounds like it's good for some of us who uh, have a problem with anxiety. That time pressure thing can be can make a game very unpleasant for everybody. So that's really nice to know. Yeah. How are these games more complex than simply finding the right path of choices? Well, they go one above the old choose your own adventure books, which are which yeah. would basically uh, you you make you turn read a paragraph, go to the next paragraph and make a choice and then go to whatever number that it says to go to. And this kind of is a similar concept, except it adds in uh, uh, basically variables and uh, chance. So you can have random chance play a part or a chance that's influenced by uh, things that you've done. For example, you can have tests against variables. If your strength is 24 and you're being tested and there's you know, that there might be a 24% chance then of success, uh, things like that, right? So you your decisions can influence other choices later on and uh, things like that. Or you might have a certain amount of money and it will keep track of that money. And as you spend it, of course, that keeps it gets keep, kept track of. So you have to really think about your budgeting. So these things will play a lot more like role-playing games than like uh, those old choose-your-adventure books. What is the biggest difference between choice of games and hosted games? Well, they're both exactly the same system being used. So the real difference is that the choice of games brand, uh, and they all have like choice of games in their title usually, um, they uh, are somewhere on, on, they're in the choice of games uh, section of the site. And they're, those are ones that are made by people working in the company. So their authors are working directly for the company and they will get partnerships uh, for uh, things uh, like the, uh, there's one with the World of Darkness role-playing game. Uh, they, they do the Vampire Masquerade. So they uh, you'll find that in the choice of games. Meanwhile, in the hosted games, they are basically what happens is anyone can just go and decide, I want to make a game. And they can use the choice script language to make games and then set up a contract with choice of games to sell the games in, in their service. And that that's why they're called hosted games because choice of games is hosting, uh, is providing the facilities so that these people can make money uh, by writing these games. And, and so you have these totally independent authors uh, writing games and they, they fall under the hosted games banner. And that kind of lets people know, you know, that there might be different standards. There, there might be different you know, conditions in terms of the, the hosted games. It's, it's from a broader staple of authors. So uh, you can sort of pick your games uh, in terms of what you want. Uh, both have advantages. So how, like, how long do, would a game take? How, you know, what's the, the extent you could expect? Well, some of these games, like they can be quite large. Some of them are millions of words 
long, like one over a million words. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen a two million word game, uh-huh. um, but they can be huge. And you don't see it all every time you play through. You might see a fraction of the choices in a playthrough. Uh, and you, you might read 30,000 words, but you you'd, uh, have only done a fraction of, of the total available choices. So you can play through, find another path, and uh, there's usually several paths to winning and a number of ways to lose. So they're very replayable, and uh, you can spend hours playing some of these things. Very cool. Um. Go ahead, Danielle. <laughs> okay. I, I was just going to say, I, how expensive is this? Well, the, the games are priced individually. So some games uh, you, you get, uh, you, pay, you might pay $13 for the full game. There are sales often, so you might get like a 40, 40% off deal. Uh, in uh, Some of the newer ones, especially as they're just coming out, often they're on sale. And uh, they're also up in-app purchases. You can get little upgrades and things sometimes. So it really depends on the game. And now the one good thing here is you can try all the games before you buy and get a sense of whether you're going to like it or not. So you're never just buying it without any sense of what you're getting, uh, which I really like. Uh, appreciate that. And the app, of course, both the hosted games app and the choice of games app, uh, both of those are free. And of course, you can go to the website, choiceofgames.com, and that is also uh, free until you decide to invest in a game. So that's that's kind of how that works. Oh, that's great. Mike, what age are these games suitable when we look at children? Well, yeah, there these games, uh, there are a couple of, of caveats here for people. I, I've seen, everything I've seen so far uh, is for adults. Uh, doesn't mean there aren't any kids' games, but I haven't found them if there are. Uh, it's, it's There are both big collections in both apps. Uh, sexuality is, uh, there's a feature built right into the, the engine that lets you explore, identify as gay, you know, straight, uh, male, female and, and pursue romances. So that is, that seems to be a common thing, uh, in most of the games. And, uh, so, you know, you don't have to sort of tap into that. Uh, but, in, but if you do, then you be, you're going to be presented with options geared towards letting you explore those aspects of your character so uh you know that might be of some concern to some parents as well uh there there can be some bad language things like that uh, mature subjects often are dealt with so these uh, primarily what i've seen is, is geared toward adults yeah that doesn't sound like the sort of thing and you know unless it has if the choices are limited for the children maybe yes but, yeah, <laughs> even still I- what about the horror themed games uh, that are available in the collection? Uh, you know, what are they and uh, are they really scary? Yeah, some of them are there's some real standouts in both. Uh, when you have the choice of games, you have the partnerships, right, with the companies. So they partnered with uh, the, the World of Darkness people and they've made a number of Vampire the Masquerade uh, games, which are, tap into this role playing world where vampires are in the modern day. And so are organizations fighting them, and you have to sort of deal with the, the consequences and the moral dilemmas and the anguishes of that. Uh, there's another award-winning game uh, called Heart of the House that's kind of more of a paranormal romance where you're uh, an orphan uh, being sent to investigate this haunted house. You have these particular powers uh, and can sense uh, supernatural things and deal with them. So 
that is uh, another uh, game that that has stood the test of time. Uh, the Luminous Underground is another kind of neat one. It, it veers more into the kind of fun horror, but it it sort of puts you in uh, Ghostbusters territory in this sort of fantasy city, which is kind of modern. So there's high tech stuff, and and you are as kind of a, a demon slaying Ghostbuster type. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have the technology to deal with and magic and uh, things going wrong and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So it, it's kind of fun. And then in the hosted game side, you have standouts like the Zombie Exodus series. Uh, there's a couple of games about werewolves, a series about being a werewolf. Uh, Wayhaven Chronicles is kind of a supernatural detective series uh, of games. So there's there's a lot there. Uh, and then, of course, Zombie Exodus, which uh, has pulled me into its uh, clutches. Has there been any other games that have kind of pulled you in from a scary perspective, Mike? Well, the Zombie Exodus one has been what what uh, really entertained me over the last weekend, uh, seeing as we were approaching Halloween, uh, kind of puts you in charge of, at the start of a zombie apocalypse, you can be a different character. You can choose from a bunch of them. I picked an officer uh, living in a kind of outside of a big city, uh, and I had to go into work. And, of course, during the patrol, the zombie plague exploded. It arrived in the city, and life just turned upside down. And then you go through these, you know, choices you make about what to buy, how to fortify your house, what, you know, the steps you have to take and, uh, you know, you end up journeying out with, with people and, uh, getting involved with other people that you meet along the way and making ethical choices, uh, based on that and improving your stats. And I'm, I'm still living, uh, my character is still alive, but boy, what a, what a harsh world uh, that that uh, poor officer is now in. I find myself unexpectedly leading the survivors in this pitched battle against uh, hordes of undead. <laughs> so this sounds uh, very challenging and also fun. Well, listen, we have, I'm afraid we're running short on time, but thank you so much for telling us all of this. I know that people will be very interested that the hosted games and choice of games apps are free in the app store and in google play and that all of the games are are purchased from inside the apps Uh, michael fair appears each week on kelly and rumya to talk about audio entertainment and accessible technology we're joined next by our bestie from the uk we're talking some national statistics next here on kelly and company stay with us